The market's down this year. Your portfolio has taken a hit and we're dealing with inflation that has nearly at a 40 year high. So what do you do? Today on the Mach 1 Market Moment, we take a look at some of the moves you might consider and take advantage of the market while it's down. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at Mach1FG.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to Mach1FG.com for more information. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, episode 102. Today we're talking about what you can do during this down market. As we record this, the S&P is down 17% year to date, the Dow Jones is down 13%, and the NASDAQ is down 27% year to date. Inflation is sitting near a 40-year high last month, and the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates in hopes of curbing inflation. But even they say the future is anyone's guess at this point. Here's Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell during an interview Tuesday on whether the Fed would raise interest rates by another 50 basis points during the next two meetings. Honestly, it's, it's so things are so uncertain in the economy right now, it's very difficult to think about trying to give guidance uh, out into the future. Um, we, we don't know uh, the path of the economy. There are many global events going on that can affect that that are really not under our control as well. So you heard it there. Jerome doesn't know exactly what's going on. So today we're going to be talking about what do we need to do in this time of, of uncertainty. I'm Eli Freeman. I'm here with Lee Mackey as well as David Lee, both partners here at Mach 1 Financial. And I'm a financial advisor here. So, David, what's going on? What? what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... What ultimately is happening in, in terms of the market, you know, you talked about all those bad figures for, you know, down 17, down 13, down 27. The market is trying to uh, find a bottom from my perspective because it's price, it's trying to price in all these interest rate increases that the Fed's been doing, right? And the Fed, the chairman of the Fed from that soundbite we just listened to admitted openly that it's, it's difficult right now to try to give guidance on the future. So why is that? Well, first of all, I think you have to kind of step take a step back to zoom out, so to speak, to figure out, well, how did we get here? When you shut the economy down in March of 2020, um, demand doesn't just shut down along with it, right? People still have to have their toilet paper, right? Like we saw and, and, uh, and everything else that's necessary, food and, and everything else that's necessary for life to go on. Um, and so, uh, it, it created massive, uh, supply chain disruptions so now you've got uh, limited supply of goods and services. And now that everybody's kind of um, out from under this lockdown order, now you've got almost infinite demand chasing finite supplies because we've still got this clogged up supply chain, right? If you kind of kind of imagine the supply chain like uh, uh, an assembly line at a factory, right? If you shut down the, the factory, 
but you've still got orders coming in. You've got orders piling up on one end of the factory. Then when you turn it all back on, you've got all this massive amount of orders. You've got all this massive demand trying to be crammed into a finite assembly line, right? So you can't, it's, it's difficult. Where I, th- where I think Chairman Powell is coming from is he's saying it's difficult to determine this because it's difficult to know how long it's going to take for this supply chain to get untangled. And, and to get all this massive demand through this finite, uh, this finite pipeline, so to speak. So that's the biggest problem that we're facing right now. Um, and so that's why the market is having a hard time figuring out, well, how much further is the Fed going to have to raise rates because, to fight inflation? Because that's all tied to the unknown problem of how long it's going to take to fix the supply chain problem. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a big problem. One that we've addressed in recent podcasts you can go back to we've done two two podcasts on inflation before this that you can go back and listen to but what we want to talk about today is now we have some opportunities there's inflation's high yes but but what can we do with the market is being down we're going to talk about the psychology of of what we can do to to help ourselves through this recent downturn and and what are opportunities that we can do going forward so lee market's down right now. What, what are you telling your clients? What, what are you seeing and the best ways to deal with this in, from a psychology level? You know, I, when we're in a market like this, it affects everyone. Um, <clears throat> there are no places to hide, whether you're in the stock market, whether you're in the bond market, you know, because as rates go up, prices come down. So if you have, you know, a portion of your investments in fixed income, then those will trend downward price-wise as rates go up. Well, you can't really hide there. Do you want to hide in cash? Well, rates are still near zero, and so you're not getting really paid to do that. So when we have a sell-off like this, which has happened before, there are really no places to hide, um, and you certainly don't want to you know, put the money in your backyard or <laughs> bury mm-hmm. it or hide it under a mattress. And so... You know, one of the things that I talk with my clients about is, um, and I actually saw an article this morning that kind of mentioned it was, you know, don't look at your statements. Um, We all know that the markets are down. Um, If you don't need your money in the near term, then why add to your stress level by actually looking? And, you know, I kind of say that jokingly, but in all seriousness, there's a lot of truth to that Mm -hmm. is, you know, if you're a long-term investor, you know, look at this as an opportunity, especially if you do have cash, but, you know, don't go check your, um, online account every day. Don't look at your statements, um, when they come in, just know that we're in this period where we're slogging through, you know, this bear market, this, this correction, um, and, you know, things should, you know, hopefully get better. Yeah. And that kind of, to your, the point of your question, Eli, about the psychology of money, kind of relates to what you were just saying, right? I mean, psychologically, it can be painful if you're looking at that, if you're looking at that statement. But if you've done it right, if you've, you know, we've always talked for a long time on this podcast about how, at least here at Mach 1, when we're dealing with someone who's in or near retirement, we want to solve for income first, right? Having enough cash uh, or, you know, for those of you who have pensions, you've already got your income problem solved between your pension and Social Security. That that may be enough to fully satisfy your your month-to-month needs, right? I was just having a review earlier today with a client who's got pretty good teacher uh, retirement pension, and between uh, 
his pension, his wife's teacher pension, and their Social Security, they've got more money coming in each month than they spend. So even though they're experiencing the same down market that everybody else is, you think they're too worried about it? No, they're not, right? Because they don't ha- they're not relying on that asset level to, to sustain them throughout their retirement years. So it's just kind of a good reminder, a good illustration that if you solve for income first, if you don't have the pension, there are ways to solve for that, right? Put enough money in guaranteed income annuities, create your own private pension, so to speak. And if you solve for the income problem, and then anything that's left over after you solve for income gets invested in for long-term, uh, long-term growth, then then you're in a position where you can do what you were talking about, right? Lee? Absolutely. Where you just say, hey, don't look at your statement this month. You know, and Eli, another thing that I think is very important um, is to remind clients that we've been here before. Yes. Um, I think we've all kind of developed a very short-term memory loss mm-hmm. in that we forget that corrections are a normal part of the market. They're even a healthy but, part of the market. And they are a very healthy part of the market. They, they, they weed out um, people and things that are in the market that don't that belong be there. there. Yeah. Um, but remind clients that we've been here before. There will continue to be these market corrections as long as there is a market. And so, and I think that, um, you know, younger investors that are in the market for the first time have never really experienced one, experienced one. The one that occurred back in March of 2020 happened so quickly that by the time, they by got the time it was, by the time people got their statements, we were already on our way back. And so you got to go all the way back to, you know, really 08, 09 to where we had a true bear market that lasted a period of time. And there's a lot of clients out there right now that were not investing That's at right. that time. So I think, you know, we joke about not opening your statements, not checking your online access all the time, but it's just, it's reminding them that this is a normal market occurrence. It is. And, and I, I love what you said there just a second ago, Lee, about how people have short memories. I, I know I saw that as an advisor in the last several years where people would, you know, feel like oh, I'm holding, I don't, I'm holding too much cash. Well, you know, th- the rule of thumb of always having at least six months worth of emergency cash in the bank has never changed, you know, and in addition to that six month uh, emergency rule, any, in addition to that six months, if you know that you're going to be buying a car or I don't know, have some major expenditure coming up, that's also money that should not be invested in the market. Any money that you know that you're going to spend in the next 12 to 18 months minimum on top of your six month uh, emergency supply, that should not be invested in the market because corrections happen and it's impossible to predict when they're gonna happen. So it kind of goes back to this whole psychology of money, right? Um, There's actually a book by the same title that I would encourage you uh, in the listening audience to to read uh, called The Psychology of Money. And he talks about in that book, a lot of the things that we've talked about here at Mach 1 for years, how you got You need to be holding a prudent amount of cash. You need to make sure that you've got sufficient supply for income. And even though uh, at times it can look imprudent to have too much in cash, especially when banks are paying 0% interest. But if that 0% interest cash account prevents you from having to fire sell in a market that is not good, that rate of return on that cash can be is much, much higher than 0% because it's preventing you from making a bad decision elsewhere. You know, Eli, another thing, and you may have this on your list to talk about, is, you know, what a great opportunity 
to be going into the market. You know, yes. whether, whether you're in a company 401k plan, whether you're in a simple IRA where you're putting in money every single month or every pay period, your dollar cost averaging. So it really doesn't matter what the market does, but for, for people out there listening for clients who have cash that they have been thinking about going into the market, they've, they've sold a business. They, they, you know, for whatever reason, they've stockpiled some cash, you know, things are on sale. Mm -hmm. You know, I gave everybody in here the analogy the other day, you know, you walk into a, a store and you know, you see your favorite television that's $800 and then you decide not to buy it, but you come back two weeks later and now it's $500. Well, pretty good. The, the TV hasn't changed. The quality yeah, hasn't right. changed. And so and it still may go lower in price and it could, but at least it's a lot cheaper than what Absolutely. it was uh, the last time you looked at it. And again, for our clients who are long-term investors, which yeah. most of them are, you know, what an opportunity. That's right. Um, Eli, Warren, one of Warren Buffett's famous quotes is when he sees blood in the streets is when he starts putting money to work. Yeah. And, you know, right now, there's a, lot, there's a lot of blood there in is. the streets. There's he a lot also, of fear. There's another quote of his that I like. I'm pretty sure it was Warren Buffett. He said, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So there, there is starting to be uh, a heightened level of fear in the market. We see it here at Mach 1 even, right? You can, you can always tell when, uh, you know, we, we've always invited most of our clients in every quarter for reviews. And when markets are good, as a rule of thumb, most people aren't coming in for reviews, right? But here, what we've seen here in the last couple of quarters is, man, we're just getting flooded with um, people wanting to come in to review their accounts. Mm -hmm. That's natural and normal, but it's also an indicator, an indicator of the fear level that's in the market. So, yeah. Correct. So just to, to bring a summary on some of the things that we've talked about, one, this is normal. It happens in the market. We've seen it before. We'll see it again sometime in the next 10, 20 years. We'll see it on multiple occasions, most likely, if hist history tells us what's true. Uh, two, if you have a plan, if you've built a plan for income, stick to that plan. Don't be worried about the plan. Typically, when we build out financial plans here at Mach 1, we're looking at 7% return before retirement and 5% after is just a to build the plan. That's conservative. And, and this market correction hasn't really been affecting the plans on the, yeah. to that avail. I'm glad you brought that up, Eli. We talked about this, I think, last week and as we were talking about planning for this podcast. And so to your point, you know, we typically plan for 8% pre-retirement, 5 post-retirement. Well, prior to this drop, clients who've been working with us for at least five years were seeing like 12% or better average annualized return. So with this drop, again, those same clients that have been with us five-plus years – their rates of return have dropped to around 8%. So it's, it's just kind of dropped it back to kind of the median of what we had expected. So, you know, you, anyway, uh, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. And, and then Lee, you, you finished with, if you're, if you're investing currently, if you are currently working, earning a W2 or 1099 and you're investing, now's a great time to not stop. Yes. Keep investing, keep dollar cost averaging. What we mean by dollar cost averaging is just purchasing over a continuous, continuous time. The lower that you're able to purchase at a time, that just helps your average purchase price going right, into the because market. Because obviously when the markets are dropping, you're buying more shares for the same dollar, mm -hmm. right? 
And so, and as markets go up, you buy fewer shares with the same dollar. So over time, your average cost per share goes down. Mm -hmm. It's called dollar cost averaging. So I know sometimes, especially for, you know, you, you made a great point earlier, Lee, about how young people have never even seen this, you know, a down market, right? So if, if that's you, if you're out there listening and you're watching this happen and you feel like, man, I'm, I'm putting money into my 401k or my employer-sponsored plan every month and it feels like I'm just throwing good money after bad and there's a natural temptation to just say, well, I'm going to stop that. That's obviously not working. That's the worst thing you can do. You need to keep doing it and trust that eventually markets will find a bottom. We wish we could tell you when, but markets will find a bottom and they'll start to turn around. And if you've accumulated more and more shares on the way down, it's going to work powerfully to your advantage on the inevitable way back up. One thing I was just over here doing some calculations, as bad as things feel like right now, the S&P is up approximately 70% from the March 2020 lows. So even with this massive pullback that we've had right now that we're going through, the S&P 500 is still up over 70% in a little over two years. That's so right. it puts it puts it in puts perspective. It in perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a client tell me one time, and I love this phrase, he said, when in doubt, zoom out, right? Yeah. And which is what you're just doing, yeah. right? You're Instead of looking at what's it done over the last three or four months, what's it done over the last two, three, five, ten years? And, mm-hmm. and it'll tell a much different story. Mm-hmm. Eli, you mentioned something a few minutes ago that I think that I want to stress if you have a plan, there shouldn't be a lot of fear. That's right. I mean, because we're looking, there's a roadmap. We've we've taken into account things like this. Those who are fearful or concerned may be out there without a plan, that they've just been willy-nilly <laughs> investing and, you know, throwing darts against the dartboard, hoping something sticks. Yeah. So with a plan, you're yeah. going to be ready for events like this. So that's our advice to the, the people who are earning W-2 or 1099, if you're making money right now, keep investing. What about those people who are retired, getting close to retirement? Are there some opportunities in their investments right now that they could use, David, Lee? You know, I don't know necessarily about in retirement, but one thing that this is, one, one opportunity that this market pullback has presented us is those that might want to do a Roth conversion. Um, when you convert a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, those funds are taxable. They've never been taxed before. Uncle Sam wants his his share. Um, but now, you know, now might be an opportunity or a Absolutely. good chance to look at that. We're not Absolutely. saying that it works in all cases. That's right. But, you know, if, if, if you're in a lower income bracket now, if you've, you know, if you're not working, you know, there's a lot of factors, but it's worth taking a look at, you know, yeah. Anytime, anytime markets are down big like this, uh, Roth conversion ought to at least be one thing that you're considering. You need to talk to your tax advisor and your investment advisor before making any decision because every situation is going to be uniquely different, right? Um, like if you're, if you're over 65, for example, and you're, uh, on Medicare, you don't want to convert too much to where y- your Medicare premiums could double, right? So there's, that's just one quick example. Uh, d- depending on you know how much your income is, you could be converting in the top tax bracket. So every every person's situation is going to be unique and different as to whether you should consider doing Roth conversions. But the one thing that is true 
is that it's kind of like you were saying earlier, Lee, that, you know, stocks are on sale right now. The only thing we know for sure is that at least as far as the NASDAQ goes, it's roughly 30% cheaper than it was at the beginning of the year. So if you converted, you know, in a perfect world, let's say you converted $100,000 from IRA to Roth IRA, let's say it cost you $30,000 in tax to do that conversion. Let's say ideally you pay that $30,000 in tax out of a non-qualified account. Then over the next three years, the market fully recovers. And, you know, now you've not only recovered all the 30%, but maybe made another 20% on top of that. That's all tax-free gain, right? So you want to, so that's why it, it can make sense, depending on the situation, to use down markets to your advantage to, to consider Roth conversions. Another thing, another way to make, you know, let's call it lemonade out of lemons is if you've got, um, if you have any anticipated large capital gain this year, like if you're, if you've sold a property or you anticipate selling a property, we all know uh, real estate is riding sky high right now, right? So if you sold a property and you've got a lot of capital gain, well, we know that your stocks are probably down. You could probably sell some stock and realize a capital loss to offset that capital gain with. So again, just a way to kind of turn the, um, turn it in your favor and it, you know, without using names, kind of give a quick example of how, we, what we've seen this year. Yeah. Well, we had a client who he sold one of his investment properties. He knew he was going to have, it was around a hundred thousand dollars of a capital gain from that. Well, within his non-qualified accounts, so his after-tax accounts that weren't in a Roth, we were able to capture about $75,000 of loss. So what does that do for his entire portfolio? Well, if you look at his entire portfolio, including rental properties and investments, that actually helps with the loss in the market. Because the rentals are up, mm -hmm. right? So say, for example, if his investments were down 10%, he uses that to offset the tax that he would have paid on the capital gains on the house. Overall, it's if you, you can look at it as it's almost not down 10% That's because right. you saved money on taxes. And, and, and I think it's important to note here, we're not encouraging people to go out and sell yeah. their losses. That's this right. was a specific this was strategy a specific. in mm -hmm. conjunction with conversations mm -hmm. with tax professionals That's a good point. that made That's sense right. for this particular client. That's right. Just so, like with the Roth conversion or right. Roth uh, conversation we were just having, we would never recommend that you just go out and do Roth conversions. You need to talk to your tax advisor, your investment advisor, based on your unique situation to know if that's right for you. And it'd be the same, same situation here. Um, but in this unique situation, this client had already sold a property. It came up in the, in conversation that he had a, this roughly a hundred thousand dollar capital gain realized already. It just so happens that because of what the market had done, we had a similar offsetting capital loss that we could take advantage of. So it made perfect sense, but yeah, you wouldn't want to just take this information and Oh, well, I need to go do that. Right. <laughs> it's going to be every, every person's situation is going to be different, but it also kind of highlights the point that reviews, you know, reviewing your accounts periodically with your advisor is a, is a very good idea, right? Because we were doing that review and because it came out in the course of that review about his capital gain and me being his investment advisor, knowing how we could use some of the losses to kind of make lemonade out of lemons, it, that ended up working out tremendously to this client's advantage. So point being, make sure you review periodically with your advisor. So to, to summarize, we've seen this before. If you're investing, keep investing. If you have a plan, stick to the plan, and there could be some opportunities for Roth conversions or offsetting capital gains on a, if you have a large capital gain coming in this year. So, and if you're holding cash, 
consider, you know, taking advantage of markets being mm-hmm. on sale. Exactly. Okay. So we always like to finish these podcasts with a thought of the day. This one comes from Vanita Van Cassell, and I thought it was funny. She wrote a book in 1986. Not a very popular book. I don't think any of us have read it, but I found a quote from it. She said, inflation takes from the ignorant and gives to the well-informed. And what I take from that is if you don't take action against inflation, if you're not invested, you don't have a plan against it, it takes from you. But if you have a plan, it's still going to affect you, but you're well-informed and you're taking action, so you're much better off. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We look forward to you listening and joining in to next week's episode 103 of the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com slash disclosures.